Recently, I went to get donuts with the family, and being a really good donut shop, there was a line out the door. I volunteered to wait outside with some of my kids. My wife stood inside with some of the kids in the line so that we would not clog up the whole store because our large family tends to do that kind of thing. Halfway through the line, I realized I needed to give my wife a message, but she was already inside and the line was still going outside. So I approached the line and started moving towards the door skipping the line and the looks at me were fierce people immediately were getting agitated and i could sense what was coming shouts and anger hey man don't cut and back off jerk now fortunately i saw all of this coming so before the pitchforks and torches came out i just calmly said hey everybody don't worry i'm not cutting line i'm just going to talk to my wife who's right there inside crisis averted all was well in donut land but here's my point and maybe you've been on the other side of this too Why is cutting the line so infuriating? Why does cheating really bother us? To the atheist out there, wouldn't that be a sign of superior intelligence to skip the monotony of a line and go right to the front? Isn't that survival of the fittest, like we're told? The strongest, the fastest, the smartest is the one that gets to the front. Or to those that don't believe in the Bible or God, what does it matter if I cut you in line or cheat? After all, my truth is my truth and I should be in the front of the line and you should wait longer. That's cool, right? I mean, if I called myself a girl and I started swimming and winning races, I'm a hero, right? That's what culture has been telling us these days. Yet... Today, we have three stories of cheating that we're going to look at that illustrate the culture who celebrates certain individuals getting ahead, also apparently frowns on others when they get caught cheating. I'm Matt Odegaard, and this is Church Public. Welcome back to Church Public. I am Matt Odegaard, your host as always, and I really appreciate you tuning in today. Your time is valuable, and I want to use it wisely. We look here at current events from a Christian perspective so that you can understand how to go out and live your faith in this world, which I believe increasingly is becoming more difficult to do. I want to help you with that. I don't claim to know everything, but I try to follow Jesus and do the best that I can, and I try to read the Bible and do what it says. That's really the secret to everything that I do, but I want to bring that to you and help you with that as well. We We'll look at some Bible today in terms of cheating because it's pretty clear what God thinks about cheating. But for some reason, this culture on the one hand says, do whatever you want to do. On the other hand, it says, hey, cheating is wrong. We shouldn't do it. How can both of those things be true? We'll look at that in in and through a couple of stories. So if you haven't already, go ahead and like and subscribe and hit all the buttons and the notifications and things and send it to your friend if it's helpful to you. I just want to be a help. So if this is, send it to somebody else. If this is, Like it, subscribe, do a five-star review, whatever you want to do. Anyway, I just really appreciate you and appreciate all that you bring to this channel because in the end, it's all about you. I I want to help you get closer to God and live out in this public square. All right, so let's look at a few stories today. So the first thing that we have is cheating in fish. (laughs) which I know is a funny thing. And if if you're just listening, listener, I love you. I thank you. This picture, I guess, is really worth a thousand words. And it's also really gross. So, I mean, I guess if you're not a fisher, if you're a fisher, man, woman, uh, apparently this is normal. But the story here, and if if you're just listening, I will describe the picture that we're seeing on the screen. It is some fish that are cut open with these huge lead weights in them, which is a no, no, because you win based on weight, and if you have extra weight and you win, what do we call that? Cheating, right? And that's what we're talking about today, cheating. So 
two anglers are accused of stuffing fish in an attempt to win thousands of dollars at an Ohio fishing tournament last month, according to CNN. They have actually been charged with crimes of cheating and various other things, and the authorities had announced that last Wednesday. Um, I'll just give you these names. Runyon and Kuminski, they were disqualified from the Lake Erie Walleye Trout I'm sorry, the Lake Erie Walleye Trail Tournament. It's a mouthful. After it was discovered, their fish were stuffed with lead weights and fish fillets, right? So they actually took pieces of fish and put them in the other fish so that their fish that they caught would weigh more, a.k.a. cheating. So there have been several videos online. I couldn't even actually play any of them for you today because the people who discovered this cheating, uh, let's just say they were quite upset and their language showed it. So if these two had been declared the winner of the event, they would have received almost $29,000. So we're not talking about just bragging rights. We're not talking about a picture on the wall or whatever of the biggest fish that you caught. No, we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars. And these two have actually been involved in many fishing tournaments that they've won over the course of a couple of years to the tune of tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars. So this tournament's director, uh, this is according to CNN, found 10 weights inside of different fish, eight 12-ounce weights and two 8-ounce weights, in addition to several other walleye fillets, I'm sorry, fillets, so like, <laughs> again, they caught walleye fish, but they already had walleye fillets, and they stuffed the fish fillets inside the fish's mouth to make the fish way more, oh my goodness, people, the, the lengths that we'll go to to cheat. Anyway, Jason Fisher, <laughs> that's a funny name for a fish. Anyway, whatever. Uh, Jason Fisher, the director, previously told CNN he was immediately suspicious when one team's fish weighed almost twice what he expected they would at the Cleveland Championship weigh-in. All right, pro tip here. If you're dealing with people who weigh fish for a living and judge fish competitions for a living and your fish weighs twice what it's supposed to weigh and they're used to weighing these fish and they're used to holding up these fish, you may want to think twice about cheating so blatantly and obviously that the fisherman who holds the fish would probably know. But maybe just don't cheat in the first place. Let's continue on. After hearing the crowd grumbling and questioning the numbers, Fisher himself felt the fish, apparently feeling some of these lead weights inside it, and then sliced one open, only to find lead weights in the fish, as well as, again, different pieces of fish that didn't belong to that particular fish. Uh, again, the video of this discovery went viral. The cheating scandal, uh, scandal rocked the competitive fishing world, which is a statement in itself. But, but what's the point here? The point is, hey, why are you doing this? And uh, is, is cheating and fishing really, really that important to you? That's just one of the cheating stories that we're looking at today. Let's look at a couple more, and then we'll sum it all up at the end. So I'll go through these quickly. Secondly, so first we had cheating in fishing. We also have cheating in poker. This one's a little bit weirder only because, uh, I mean, first of all, let's back up and say cheating in poker is as old as, as poker itself, you'd have to say, because, I mean, you know, every Western movie is based on <laughs> some gunslinger who goes into the town saloon and then cheats in poker and gets run out on a rail and blah, 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 whatever. I mean, that's just that's just the way this works, right, in old Western movies. Um, but in this one, this poker has become high stakes, like really high stakes. 
and it's gone online. So there's a lot of poker online, which means there's different technological ways to cheat. And it's high stakes, and it's high payout, and it's streaming. So this comes uh, in a streaming tournament, according to Yahoo News, after an extraordinary moment in a live broadcast high stakes cash game. People are accusing poker pro Robbie Jade Liu of somehow cheating around $269,000 away from her opponent. So we're not, again, I know that fish thing was, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. Now we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. And there may have been some cheating. At least a cheating was alleged. Again, according to um, Yahoo News and BETMGM, during one of the live stream games, a showdown between... Instagram model Robbie Jade Liu and one-time Survivor contestant Garrett Adelstein, both pro poker players, ended in bemusement, this is according to Yahoo, all around the table and indeed the world when Liu called Adelstein's all-in on the turn for a quarter of a million dollars, again around 269000 despite not having more than a pair on the board. In that moment, Adelstein looked utterly furious, glaring at Lou and not speaking for minutes. He has since claimed that she was pulled out of the game, forced to speak to him in a dark hallway. She also stated that he cornered me and threatened me. And following this, Lou offered to repay the money, which he accepted. Now, I read through a really long, detailed version of this event, and I'm not going to do that with you. You can go and look at, at different sites if you want to, if you want to see some of this information. It's, it's, I mean, unless you love poker, it's just the ins and outs of the poker game. But here's, here's my point. The game apparently was wildly confusing, even to the people that were watching both online and in person for the way that this particular player played and the way that they went all in and won. It just seemed really weird. And there's some frantic behavior. There's some like behind the, under the table clicking of things or, or something. It just, it just looked let's say, a little bit shady. I don't know. But the bottom line here is, and this is all I can say for sure, one player won 269000 or about. After being accused of cheating, that player gave it back. I feel like that in itself is pretty weird behavior for an honest player. If you honestly won the money, especially $269,000, would you immediately offer to give it back? I don't know. I don't know. That's all I can say. I don't know. And that may be 269,000 reasons to say I don't know. All right, let's do one more cheating scandal and then we'll get to some Bible. So we talked about phishing issues. And, you know, I know everybody uh, says that their fish is bigger than it really is anyway. But um, now we're going to move to chess. And this is probably the weirdest one. So I'll spend a little bit more time on this one. Cheating in chess. According to an investigation conducted by Chess.com, 19-year-old Hans Niemann has been accused of cheating in more than 100 online chess games. Again, here is where we have this intersection of a sport or a game that is as old as games itself mixed with some kind of online issues. So Chess.com, this teenage 19-year-old Niemann, was accused of cheating in more than 100 online games as recently as 2020, which is not that long ago. The site said it used a number of cheating detection tools at that, quote, many remarkable signals and unusual patterns um, that had Han's path as a player. In other words, they used algorithms to see if the way that he won made sense 
And according to their computer programs and the algorithms, it sort of didn't make sense. How did he win these games? Chess.com had reported that Neiman appeared to perform better after toggling to another screen, suggesting he may have been using a chess engine to generate his moves. Neiman admitted, actually, to cheating at least two times before, once when he was 12, another when he was 16. It also seems like he may have admitted to cheating when he was 17, but it gets fuzzy at that point. The teen addressed incidents during an interview with the St. Louis Chess Club last month, insisting it was a, quote, absolutely ridiculous mistake, and quote. He went on to say he has never cheated in, cheated in any match that involved prize money, except for the ones that he actually did. That's not what he said. That's just the facts of the matter. But he only cheated in an effort to compete against high-caliber players. <laughs> I gotta... <laughs> so... So, it's okay that he cheated because he just wanted to advance his career faster... So cheating was okay, but he also never cheated. Uh-huh. Let's <laughs> let's keep going in this story according to chess.com. Quote, uh, I've never, ever cheated in my life on an over-the-board game. In other words, an in-person game. I'm admitting this, and I'm saying my truth because I don't want any misrepresentation. Okay, pause there for a second. He literally said, I'm telling you my truth. Uh, now, if you've just joined the channel, thank you. I really appreciate you being here. Um, I have mentioned many times and, and tend to have a problem when people say, I'm doing my truth. Um, and I'll just say it this way. That doesn't exist. That's the problem here. My truth doesn't exist. Your truth doesn't exist. There is just the truth. Either you are true or you're not true. There, there really is no middle to that. Uh, so it makes me a little dubious that he's like, I'm just telling you my truth here, but it might not be the truth. Anyway, that's my interpretation of it. All right, continuing on. Uh, he said, I'm proud of myself that I've learned from that mistake, aka the cheating, and now I've given everything to chess. I have sacrificed everything for chess and I do everything I can to improve, end quote. The cheating scandal, again, according to Chess.com, was fueled last month after Neiman defeated world champion Magnus Carlsen at the Sinkfield Cup. I may or may not have pronounced that right, but Carlsen withdrew from the tournament the next day and suggested his opponent had cheated. He addressed his decision in a statement on Twitter. He said, I believe that cheating in chess is a big deal with an existential threat to the game. End quote. Um, so, existential, is it life-threatening? No. But... Does it ruin the whole game? Yes, it does. Cheating in any game ruins the whole game. Why? Because cheating in the game means you can't know if you actually won. And if you can't know you actually won, then there is zero point to the game. So technically, he's right. This is an existential threat to the game. You can't know if a game is real if you can't know that you actually won or lost vis-a-vis. -vis. So, Carlson continued... I also believe that chess organizers and all those who care about the sanctity of the game we love should seriously consider increasing security measures of cheat detection for over-the-board chess. Now, here's where it gets... It just gets a little bit funny to me, and I'm going to read this uh, according to the Wall Street Journal. Joe Keenan, or Queenan, I'm not sure, asked the obvious question, how exactly do you cheat at chess? And so his explanation is... <laughs> How is it possible to cheat at chess? He said, quote, One way is to duck into the bathroom and use a cell phone to get strategy tips from online chess engines that analyze games uh, many moves in advance. Other possibilities are teeny tiny headphones or imperceptible vibrating devices, which is what the poker player was accused of as well. Um, but this situation is bad, he says, that some people are, are talking about making chess players compete while naked. <laughs> End quote. I just, <laughs> I don't even, I can't. 
Oh boy. Now, first of all, nobody wants to watch naked chess. I, I don't know what else to say here. Like, or naked fishing. <laughs> I just... <laughs> but if it is really that bad that you, you cannot guarantee the outcome without people being naked, like, I agree with that guy we talked about in a second ago that said this is an existential problem. It is. You need to be able to certify that the results are actually true. But in a world that doesn't value truth and says it's your truth or my truth, and so it doesn't matter, that becomes a really big problem because we can't know if it really is real or not. And that really is the problem of this whole thing. That's why this matters. It matters because it matters. It matters because there is a real and there is a true. And though people will say, you know, do what you want to do, live your truth, you be you, the reality is this culture still knows there's a right and a wrong. This culture will say you be you. They'll say live your truth, but there are limits. There are real limits to this life and reality will hit you square in the face or maybe in the wallet, as we found out in some of these, if you try and go against it. You can pretend that your actions don't matter. You can pretend that your actions don't affect anybody else. You can act as if you're an island and no one will be harmed by your lifestyle, but we do live together. That's the problem. We actually are in a community. We are in cities. We're in states. We're in countries. We're in the kingdoms of this world. And whether you like it or not, what you do matters. You are connected to other people. And this is where we get to the Bible. And God talks about this in many different ways. I could go for a long time talking about this. I'm just going to give you a couple of verses and you can search for the rest if you want. Here's a good one from early in Proverbs, Proverbs 11. The Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate rates weights find favor with him. I think that one is especially funny given the fish story that we had that people were trying to cheat the weights of the fish, but Nonetheless, this is in Proverbs and has been there for a couple thousand years at this point. The Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate weights find favor with him. Here's one that is a little bit newer from Paul in the Romans, where he says, Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful what to do. I'm sorry. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. In other words, don't cheat. Do what's right in the eyes of everybody, not just your truth, not just what you want to do, but in the eyes of everybody. Do the right thing. That's the simplest way I can say that. That's Paul, Romans 12, 17. We need to live like this. We need to live with integrity no matter what we're doing, whether we're fishing or playing chess or just hanging out with friends or family, or especially in our jobs, in our work. We have to do right things. When we start making choices, like this one chess player who said, well, I only cheated so I could get ahead faster. Yeah, that's exactly how it starts, whether you're in games or business or whatever. It's really easy to say, well, I just cut this one corner so I could get to the end faster and nobody got hurt. How do you know nobody got hurt? Here's the problem where we go back in time in the Bible in Numbers 32, 23. You will be sure that your sin will find you out. This is the reality of it. Truth is real. Justice is necessary. And we have both through Jesus Christ. We have truth. We have justice through God. But without a foundation in truth and justice, we just bounce around in our own ideas of reality and eventually crash into one another because you cannot live as an island. You cannot live with your own truth and not run into somebody else. And we see this very clearly in these cheating scandals and many other things throughout our lives. You know, if you call somebody to build an addition to your house and they cheat you out of money or time or both, you don't feel good about it. Why? They just got what was theirs. They just did the best for them. They just cut a few corners so that they could get ahead. But that's 
wrong, right? It's just straight wrong to treat people in that way. And the reason it's wrong is because we depend on one another to be honest, to be true, to have integrity. And that honesty, that truth is based in something, and it's based in reality, and it's based in God. I know many people don't want to go that far down the foundation, but that's the only bottom of the foundation there is, because if reality is based in me, I'm going to take advantage of you. If reality is based in you, you're going to take advantage of me. If our shared reality is based on God, then we are accountable to God and one another. That's really the only foundation that we can actually have. When you live for yourself in selfishness, you may get ahead for a time, but your sin will find you out. It is constantly humorous to me that the culture is shocked when a cheater cheats. It's almost like we all have in our hearts this sense of actual truth and justice from our creator, which I would cite as pretty much the entire book of Romans. You should go read it. In the immortal words of John Lennon, imagine there's no country, no religion too, it isn't hard to do. And I would ask, well, really, John? With no country, no laws, no justice, no truth, no religion, no God, is that really a better world? Or would it look more like a Mad Max movie? I think it's probably the latter. Perhaps, perhaps, human beings are just not really good at heart like some people in this culture claim, but rather that we all have this fallen nature inside of us that's selfish and that causes us to lie and cheat and steal at any moment if we're given the chance, especially if you think you won't get caught. Yet. At some point, now or later, you will get caught. So I say, thank God for Jesus Christ who covers our sins, who removes our unrighteousness as far as the East is from the West. If you don't already, I hope you put your trust in Christ and Christ alone as you seek to live rightly, love justice, and show mercy. For Church Public, I'm Matt Odegaard. God bless you and keep the faith.